Hello, amazing educator. I'm Meredith and I'm in your corner. Welcome to the Transformed Teacher Podcast. This podcast is designed to help you transform from overwhelmed to overjoyed by helping you prioritize your life in a way that works for you, not only with self-care, but soul care, so you can thrive instead of just survive with less stress and more real joy. This podcast is only one of the many ways I help educators like you who are looking for deeper support with your well-being on every level. Be sure to check out my latest book, Keeping Your Light, Soul Care for the Whole Educator. You can visit my website, thetransformedteacher.com, to order your copy today. In the meantime, if nobody else tells you today, you rock, and I'll see you in the episode. Hello, amazing educator. Welcome to this episode of the Transformed Teacher Podcast titled Tools to Fuel Your Faith. If everyone else's demands are coming first, if you're giving all you have and consistently putting yourself last, and if you feel like lately all you do is put out fires throughout the day, then it's time to listen, not just to yourself, but to your soul. You may ask yourself some days, why is this life not enough? Why can't I just be a little more content or a little more grateful? Why does something deeper within me seem to insist on expecting more? Well, I'm here to tell you that that craving for something more within you is your soul calling. And in this episode, I'm explaining exactly why and how soul care differs from self-care and what that has to do with turning to the tools to fuel your faith. We're not here as educators to manage our way through life. We're not here to survive. We don't belong in a prison of unreasonable demands and senseless, impossible expectations. I believe we're here to thrive and we're here to liberate our souls, to really experience true meaning and joy and freedom, both in the classroom and outside of school. So my latest book, which is called Keeping Your Light, Soul Care for the Whole Educator, focuses on just that, soul care. What exactly does that mean? What is soul care? Well, this is how I define it. Soul care is the art and the practice of maintaining your well-being from the inside out, both inside and outside of school. Instead of temporary relief, it's about a deeper sense of healing. Soul care integrates intentional action with connection and nourishment and deep support for all aspects of the unique challenges of being a human being in this era of teaching and leading young people in this unpredictable yet incredibly rewarding environment that a school community can be. Soul care is about healthy thinking patterns and emotional regulation, but that's only a part of it. It's really about listening to what you truly need and who you truly are and liberating yourself to embrace that. It's about embracing your gifts and pursuing your creative passion so that you can bring more peace, inner peace, and peace to everyone in your orbit. And it's also about experiencing more joy. The courage to really follow your soul and your soul path ultimately means following God's path for you, 
You can call it source, universe, divine order of the universe, creator, whatever you want. But that higher power that's greater than our own selves is crucial when it comes to soul care. In the world of education, especially the way it has become over the past recent decades, we've got these human concocted mandates and norms and rules and demands and paperwork and bureaucratic things that are coming down the pike. And a lot of those so-called regulations, okay, a lot of times they're there to protect us, keep us safe and keep everything in check. But too often, those human concocted norms, those bureaucratic mandates are fueled by fear. And I believe that as educators, when we follow our soul path, it takes a lot of courage, but it brings about a deeper sense of purpose and a, and a more lasting joy for you and your students and everyone you're leading and everyone you encounter, your family, your community, everyone whose life your life touches. And when you prioritize your soul care, your life no longer is a battle each day. Instead, it's a victory to relish. And soul care allows you to just reach a more fulfilling state of existence, and it helps you bring about a true transformation. It allows you to embody who you were truly created to be, who you truly are. And if you're wondering, well, who am I? <laughs> well, maybe you already know, or maybe you've forgotten, or maybe you need a reminder, but your soul always knows. Your soul knows more than you would ever realize. Your soul knows who your true friends are, what you can count on, when it's time to leave, and when it's time to arrive. You can find the courage to listen to your soul and follow your soul. Basically, as I like to think of it, your soul has previewed God's playbook. Nobody knows exactly what's going to happen or when but your soul coupled with your intuition has a basic general idea of why you're here on earth. All you have to do is get in the game and make the plays. Your soul knows the way. So when you think about this topic of self-care, self-awareness is also a key to self-care and it's also key to soul care. And it's the missing piece when it comes to really achieving a true transformation within your whole being. A lot of the times as educators, as school leaders, we want to pretend that we have all the answers and that nothing needs to change, but that only keeps us stuck. When I speak with principals on just consult sessions before I speak in their schools, a lot of the times they don't want anyone to know just how much they're struggling or just how much their teachers are struggling because what you may see on Twitter or on the school website may look, make you think, oh, we've got it all together. Nobody's struggling here. Everybody's perfect here. And that way of thinking and going through our lives as educators well, okay, that's good for the surface. It makes everything look all right when you're paddling underneath the water and nobody sees how hard. But who benefits from that sort of facade that everything's all right? 
pretending like we have all those answers or that nothing needs to change only keeps us stuck. And I'm saying this because I've tried it. I was surprised today to receive a nomination, an, anon an anonymous nomination from one of my students. And it made me feel so appreciated. My grandmother, Patty Sue Newland, raised us never to brag, but I was also raised by other grandparents who told me that you shouldn't hide your light under a bushel. <laughs> so I'm going with the latter advice because I think my grandmother would also approve of that as well. I'm sharing what this student wrote because I feel like all teachers should feel this way. And I know that you have notes like this. I know that you have affirming messages, cards, nominations, awards that you've received. I want you at some point, whether it's right now, you could pause this episode, or when you get home, if you're driving home or if you're out for a walk, I want you to pull out at least one of those cards from somebody. Maybe it's an email that you got today. Somebody who is really lighting your candle, the, the candle of your soul, because it's a reflection of who you are. This is what the student wrote, and it really just made me feel like my whole day was made. I don't know who the student is. <laughs> I have a guess about who it could be. I'm thinking, could it have been then? Could it? it doesn't matter because when you're embodying who you are, everyone else benefits. So the student said, Miss Newland is always a joy to be around and her classroom has the ability to make people comfortable. She's understanding of students and is constantly trying to make us see the best in ourselves. Miss Newland does all of this while keeping us working. I think it is a true talent to keep a class interesting while keeping up with all the work. She always strives to make her classroom a safe place for all. She also makes the lessons more close to the real world so that they're more interesting and interactive. And I want to say that when I received that, it was such a sweet surprise because over the past semester, I've stopped to notice that I have not had any drama this semester. I haven't had any discipline referrals. I haven't had any altercations or any, um, you know, conflict with anyone as far as I can tell. And I think it's really about what I've learned from the process of writing my book. When I write my books, I always learn as I write. And the creation of that product is a gift because I want you to enjoy the book, but I know that I enjoyed so much from writing it that it was enough of a reward for me to really um, understand that the more that we can practice what we preach, as they say, the more that we can change for the better. And when you may see people in your orbit around school and they seem like they've got it all together or they seem like everything is fine in their world, you just never know what somebody is really going through. And when you can get that reminder, that reflection back to yourself, hey, this is who I am. Somebody recognizes me. Somebody sees me for all that I am doing and all that I am trying to be, that all that I am trying to embody, my best self. What that does is it lights your candle. And then when you pass somebody else in the hallway or in the restroom or at the grocery store line, you are more likely to light somebody else up. So that's why I'm sharing that with you because when you have that reminder that somebody sees not only what you do, but who you are and it matters, 
that you matter, that what you do every day makes a huge difference, that you're phenomenal, your magic and human form, it only fuels your faith. That's only one of the tools to fuel your faith. So it's just like sharpening a pencil or brushing your teeth or filling up your car with gas. Replenishing your faith and tending to your soul truly deserves and requires your attention and consistency. So I'm going to challenge you right now. When was the last time you took out your smile file? I have talked about this in previous episodes, and I talk about it in my Fortisor workshop that I give to schools in my Teach With Less Turbulence sessions. But your smile file is something that you need to have. If you don't have one already or something like it, go make one. This is where you put all of those cards, all of the emails, all of the little messages, the notes of encouragement and affirmation that you can take out on the days when you need to fuel your faith. I had a wonderful principal share with me recently that her best teacher in her school was in her office crying her eyes out. And that literally broke my heart because you may have been in that situation, crying your eyes out to your principal, or if you're a school leader, maybe you know what that's like when you have your most effective teachers who are feeling demoralized and disheartened. I have been in that place where I have been crying my eyes out to my principal before. Only the principles that we can trust, right? Not the principles that make us feel like there's always that wall up. Um, one of the things that your soul knows is that you just that you decide. And when you are moving forward, you are not allowing the doldrums and the discontentment and all of the disillusionment and all the things that are not going your way and all the things that you have no control over. You don't allow those things to be in the driver's seat anymore. You just don't. I believe that we as educators deserve to feel like a rock star every single day. That's why I say, if nobody else tells you today, you rock. Because being a rock star has nothing to do with how many albums you've put out like Taylor Swift. <clears throat> She's amazing. <laughs> She's a total rock star. I'm not talking about being like Taylor Swift or any other rock star. I'm not talking about the external trappings of popularity or recognition. Being a rock star has less to do with how others treat you and everything to do with how you treat yourself. And treating yourself right starts with acknowledging what the state of your soul is because you are so much more than your position or your title or all the hats you wear or all the committees you serve on, all the clubs you chair, all the teams you coach, all of the extracurricular activities that you partake in or you lead. When you are wearing all those hats and you find yourself at the end of the day and there's nobody around to say, hey, my hat's off to you then you're left with your soul and your soul is worth getting to know. These days, it's really catchy to say you are enough. It's like uh, the Barbie movie when those t-shirts that say I am enough are, you know, being seen in Target and all these places. You are enough. You are enough. Well, I'm here to tell you that that's not true. You are not just enough. You are so much more than enough. <laughs> you are abundant. And your soul knows this. Your soul is the spirit that God made within you. I like to think of it as the light within you. And I believe that that is why 
as an educator, you deserve to feel, no matter what your role is in education, school leaders are vilified or admin is is seen as the enemy a lot of the time. And that is absolutely not true. Um, School leaders, everyone from the custodian to the superintendent, the cafeteria worker to the bus driver, to the school social worker, the school counselors, the teacher assistants, the school nurse, we all are rock stars and we all deserve to feel valued for showing up every day, giving our best. And this doesn't mean that we need to feel acknowledged only during those special occasions or those certain days of the year or those weeks of the year that are set aside to recognize us. Because all the gift cards and all the candy bars and all the free highlighters in the world can never come close to reflecting our true worth. And you find this out for yourself when you decide to feel affirmed every single day by pouring into your own soul. And you do this with tools that matter a whole lot more than shout outs and door prizes. And this recognition that you give yourself comes from a deeper place and it is truly reflected in how you feel. And I know that we don't really get to talk a lot about our feelings very much in education because the unspoken consensus is that that's unprofessional. If someone can't control their emotions, we ridicule them. And I'm not saying that you and I do. I'm saying society as a whole. We make people feel like they cannot express how they feel. If students express how they feel, we guide them through those emotions. But as adults, it's like we're not allowed, especially in education. It's usually perceived as immature or worse, insane. And when I first started teaching, I had a lot of trouble with my emotions. I would find myself at the end of the day crying my eyes out. And looking back, you know, almost 20 years ago to that teacher as she was first beginning, I was thinking, girl, why do you take things so seriously? Don't you know that this is not important? Once you have kids, this is not going to matter. But when you're 27 years old and you are just your, your sun and your moon hangs on every little thing that your students are doing or whether or not the printable came out of the copier or whether or not you were able to catch up on grading over the weekend or whether or not your lesson plan is going to be rigorous enough and dynamic and meaning and meaningful enough you're thinking about all these different things or you know whether or not you've made contact with the parents enough all these things are eating your lunch as i like to say um it's a phrase that means that something is taking up space in your brain rent free and you are allowing it to and when I was overcome with emotions, I got some advice from someone who was very well-meaning when they said it. They said, you got to learn how to take the emotions out. Teachers who are successful are the ones who have learned how to take the emotions out. That's the only way you get through teaching. But the funny part is, I have found that emotions are what make the job of teaching so rewarding and so fulfilling. The emotions are what light us up, the, the warmth, the kindness, the love that we feel, the joy that we feel when our students are getting the concept. Because we aren't teaching machines. We aren't teaching man-made machines. We are teaching divinely made human beings. And that's what a classroom and a school are full of. 
So if we have these sturdy stalwart efforts to take the emotions out, they may pay off in the short term, but in the long run, if we bypass our emotions and don't process them, that's going to be a futile effort because trying to eliminate emotions is impossible as a human being. And it only creates more problems for us and everyone else. I believe that our emotions are our superpower. They're what make us human. We're not meant to be brainwashed soldiers or machines or robots. Because when we truly lead young people, that means that we're showing them how to navigate life and every aspect of life. And emotions are a huge part of life. And also, they offer those clues about what our soul really needs. Without emotions, we wouldn't have the ability to give or to receive what really matters, which I believe is love. But love is not always the default emotion for everybody, especially when life's frustrations happen. When you're late and you're in a traffic jam, love is not usually the emotion that you're experiencing at that moment. So what we can do, the loving thing that we can do is to model for our kids a way of dealing with life's frustrations. Instead of showing them knee-jerk reactions, we can demonstrate for them that we're making choices for dealing with our emotions in a healthy way. So instead of taking the emotions out, it literally makes me think of the phrase taking somebody out, like killing our emotions. No, how can we kill our emotions? Well, we can numb them with substances. We can numb them with addictions. We can check out, we can escape, but that's not healthy. So instead of trying to dismiss or numb our emotions or take them out, I believe that it is so much healthier to choose instead to let that emotion in, to acknowledge it, and to normalize our humanity, especially as teachers. We are not perfect and we are not supposed to be. And we can teach our young people how to make imperfect progress by dealing with their emotions and showing them tools to fuel their faith, like taking a deep breath to allow your nervous system to calm down or talking with a trusted friend or a mentor that can offer support and solutions or step away for a cool down period or simply drink some water. It cools everything off. It helps you feel refreshed or take some time to write down what you're struggling with or why not just ask somebody for what you need or take a break or go for a walk. These are just a few of the tools to fuel your faith, because I believe that the way that we can truly transform education is by first transforming ourselves and transformation begins with truth. So instead of trying to hide the truth of our humanity, which is wondrous and miraculous, we can let those that we teach see us be human. We can let them see us sweat and laugh and yes, sometimes cry. Crying is not unprofessional. Crying means that you're a beautiful human being. And if you need to cry, if you need to admit that something hurts, that takes courage. I'm not saying that you need to go around all day like the character sadness from that movie Inside Out. I'm not saying that. But when you have those emotions, it doesn't make you weak or wrong. We can admit when something makes us angry, when something hurts, 
and we can apologize when we mess up. And whether or not somebody forgives us or not, it's up to them. It's not our problem. To do all of these things, to make these choices, to embrace our humanity, is not weakness, it's courage. So instead of shaming ourselves and others for being human, we can accept ourselves, we can celebrate ourselves and each other for who we truly are and what we truly need in our souls. So instead of surrendering to fear, we can turn to tools to fuel our faith. So I'm going to be talking about faith and what that is in next week's episode. In the meantime, go ahead and get my book, Keeping Your Light, Soul Care for the Whole Educator, to learn more about the 12 Sparks and all of the tools that you can use to fuel your faith. I'll be back next week with another episode. Thank you for joining me this week. And if nobody else tells you today, you rock. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of the Transformed Teacher Podcast. I hope you found some ways to help you on your journey. And I hope you felt reminded that education is about who you are more than what you do. If you haven't already, be sure to check out my latest book, Keeping Your Light, Soul Care for the Whole Educator. Visit my website, thetransformedteacher.com, to order your copy today. In the meantime, if nobody else tells you today, you rock.